You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the lovely Karen Randazzo. A gag? A gag? Charlie, there's a man lying dead in the street, and you killed him. Does that look like a gag to you? The always snazzy-dressed Chris Randazzo. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. And we have a very special guest this week. Now, some say you can't strive for greatness, but this man has. He has reached the pinnacle of all that he can be and more. The ever-deep Brandon Cruz. Ah, yes, yes. Uh... <laughs> a horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. I, I, I wasn't prepared for a quote. <laughs> Apparently you don't listen to the show, and that's fine. <laughs> I, I just don't have quotes on standby. Otherwise, I'd have a Jack Handy one. <laughs> well, you see, I was going to try to do a Rod Serling impersonation for the intro, but I figured out very quickly that I can't do it, so I just chose <laughs> not to. Um, this week we are talking The Twilight Zone. This is a Twilight Zone-centric episode, so... Go scratch on the spoilers, because if you haven't seen it yet, too fucking bad. Um, the reason we have... Okay, wait. So this is the cutoff point. Happy days, you were still I was okay perfectly with good. Actually, with, wasn't that like, that, that, like 19... I wasn't, wasn't okay with happy days. I said, like, we really shouldn't be. But with, like, 1959, come on now. I mean, really. Wait, 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 wait. There, there, you had spoilers for happy days? We, we gave a spoiler. Well, a spoiler. you see, it wasn't just Happy Days. There were other shows, and I went way back. Mm. So I just gave a generalized spoiler warning. Oh, so so you jumped the shark. I did. Yes, that's, yes, absolutely. In like the second episode. <laughs> yeah, it was great. quick. <laughs> wanted to get that right the hell out of the way. <laughs> the reason we have um, Mr. Cruz on this week is he has oh, his hi. very own Twilight Zone podcast. Um, oh, why? I don't know. You, you decided that you wanted to do it. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Do you, do you want me to do you want me to tell you, or or do you want me to say that? No, we're going to keep it a surprise. <laughs> uh, no, please tell uh, okay. us tell us what you what you got going over on uh, submitted for your approval. Oh, submitted for your approval. Uh, so so here's here's the deal with submitted for your approval. Uh, Twilight Zone has always been a, a huge part of my my life. Uh, every New Year's Eve, New Year's, I, I check out the marathon. I've always done that. Uh, so that's been my tradition ever as far back as I can remember. Um, and uh, actually, one of the first episodes, I rem- first things I remember, first scary moment I had as a kid was uh, living. Uh, <laughs> Rod Serling showed up yeah. at your house. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Hey, I'm already dead, but uh, ah, hey, check out. do do do, the, do 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 Rod Serling zombie. <laughs> yeah. Rod zombie. Yeah. Oh boy! No! Damn it! <laughs> More human than human. Um, <laughs> so See, I was gonna go Dracula, but. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so there's an episode uh, called The Dummy. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, 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 it just spoke to you, huh? Yeah, it, uh, it defined my life. Um, that's what my wife says. And uh, but uh, it's so this episode creeped me out. And I had like a My Buddy doll back in the day. Oh, God, and, me uh, too. Man, you did? After, after, Hell yeah, yeah. I had My Buddy. That thing was awesome. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> I tossed that some of a bitch right in the closet after that episode. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> did. <laughs> uh, the end. But uh, that's that's where my that's where my love of the Twilight Zone started, and uh, it just it's just grown from from there. And Rod Serling is just he's a magnificent man, and the uh, everything about the show just appeals to me. Great. So your your goal is to hit. Every episode for season one, episodically, and it's sort of be like a an attachment to the show. Yeah, so uh, so I'm going from episode one, season one. We're gonna make I'm gonna make it all the way through uh, season season one with the ultimate goal of getting through all 156 episodes of the show. Um, but first and foremost, get through season one episode by episode. Um, probably uh, next month uh, I'll start uh, splitting each episode into to two episodes, cover two episodes at a time. Um, but uh, basically, I uh, give the plot synopsis. We, uh, I have a random guest, um, maybe yeah. one of you guys. Oh. Spoilers! And so we talk about the, the the episode itself, and then we talk about like themes of, of each of the episodes and, and what uh, the the writers and Rod Serling were, were trying to, you know, perhaps. Uh, bring light to um and actually my my next episode will be uh for the 16 millimeter shrine and uh it has the the great uh ida lupino um who is a, a famous uh, female director um, she did a lot of stuff back in the day um and she was the, she was the first woman uh who directed an episode the only woman who directed an episode for the twilight zone in the fifth season but wow uh, but uh, i have i have a good journalist friend who's going to be taking part in that uh so i'm looking forward to it that's great. Um, Chris, great. when does great. uh when do we put this up? Is it Tuesdays? Thursday. Every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> yes, uh <laughs> new episodes of the uh submitted for your approval podcast go up every Sunday. Okay. Oh that's that's every right. Sunday? Yeah, yeah apathetic enthusiasm yeah. is on Tuesdays. Uh, that's what every, is, every, oh, every that's Sunday. what that's I was listening to you today via that gotcha. Also, you are one of the <laughs> <laughs> wonderful pair that is apathetic enthusiasm. Yes, yes. Uh, my myself, uh, Brandon Cruz, and Garage Dolphin. Um, <laughs> oh wait, no, no, no. Talk about the other guy. Garage oh, Dolphin's too oh. new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Travis. Uh, he's my co-host, um, and uh, we we talk about pop culture stuff. Uh, we have Netflix rewatches. We talk about video games, movies. Uh, television every now and then, a little bit of tech here and there, but um, uh, I thought it was all about tech. It was a very long time ago, <laughs> uh, a very very long time ago. Uh, basically, I, I told Travis like I don't know anything about this, so we can't. <laughs> we have to stop that now. New classification on on iTunes, right? What do you guys now? Um, yeah, arts and literature. Or... I think uh, I think we're a, a life. Life and living, or something. Ooh, <laughs> lifestyle. It's amazing. Yeah. iTunes fucking business. classification. We're business. Okay, great. Um, but that, that's every Tuesday, and uh, we we have we have a good time. We have a good time, me and Travis. Uh, and eventually, you know, um, we'll we'll keep going, and then he'll quit, and then he'll leave me, <laughs> like everybody in my life. Sigh. <laughs> All right for for our episode here, we are going to do things slightly differently. Um, Karen and I right. are going to pick. Uh, a specific episode and in the second half uh chris and brand will actually carry it about how twilight zone has affected the the culture of america since 1959 um mm. karen seeing as you 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 chose a earlier season episode why don't you start talking about um maple street 
Sure. Maple, Ab- um, Maple Drive Road. <laughs> yeah. Avenue. Uh, Avenue. Avenue. Yeah, yeah. Court. You, you guys just uh, Terrace. keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. This is Boulevard. hysterical. This is good stuff. <laughs> I can't think of any more sh- street varieties. Of course you can't because Ooh. you ran it into the ground. <laughs> that horse is dead. Yes, it is. Anyway. That's like burgers. That's how Sorry. they do it in uh, Belgium. I, I'm pretty sure like my sister went over to Belgium once and she what? asked for a burger and it was made of horse. Oh. She was very disturbed because she used to really uh, like horses. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. A horse. A horse. Of course. What the fuck are we talking about? Mr. Ed. The famous Mr. Ed. <laughs> well, that's a TV show, so it's perfect. <laughs> so, monsters do Maple Street. Go! <laughs> yes, the monsters are due on Maple Street. Happened in uh, mid episode, uh, mid season one. Um, this is a pretty famous one. I, I have I've never been uh, devoted to Twilight Zone the way Brandon has, but uh, I've you know dipped in and out. I've seen a lot of old TV because that's how my parents raised me. <laughs> um, and this is a particular favorite of mine. I actually came across it again recently, uh, a couple of years ago, when I was working on a literature textbook which is part of my day job. And part of this script was included as a a reading selection for the high school kids that were going to use the book because of like the level of quality of the suspense and the dialogue in it. So I thought that was pretty cool. It it is very, very well written. Like for, for a suspenseful television show, this is acted and written stupendously. Yeah, I think uh, Twilight Zone gets a lot of flack for being like cheesy, but um, if you go back and look at it, at the source material, it really, you know, for its time, was really pretty innovative and pretty pretty high quality. So the monsters are doing on Maple Street. Uh, there's a uh, suburban neighborhood street. Starts out. It's uh, early. It's it's late in the evening, and. Uh, all these people are just milling about like people did in suburbia in the 60s because they don't do it anymore. They're all millers <laughs> no, back no. then. Actually yeah. talking to their neighbors and whatnot. Ew. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, that's that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. He, he was progressive. He was progressive. <laughs> well, said. well, they didn't have phones to stick their faces down into, so they had to do something. Um. So there's a mysterious flash of light in the sky and, and a weird noise. And then everything in, just stops working, like the electricity, the phones, cars. Like, it's not just like a power outage. It's weird. Nobody can figure it out. And uh, it's, it's, pretty, um, it's pretty incredible how fast the pitch of this episode just spikes up. <laughs> people and you just... can tie it all to one very specific person. That kid. That little that prick l- that comes out of the woodwork. <laughs> and, you know, and here's the thing about that little kid. Like, I blame all these assholes for believing him. Because, like, at first everyone was like, yeah, comic books. And then for some reason I was like, you know, maybe it is aliens. <laughs> maybe that kid's onto something. Maybe my neighbors are assholes. <laughs> yeah, it just becomes this, very quickly becomes this hysteria where nobody can figure out what's going on. And, uh... And why everything isn't working. And, and this kid comes up with this theory. Oh, I read in a comic book. This is what the aliens do. <laughs> yeah, and all of, that, yeah. That's where, that's where most great theories come from. Yeah, absolutely. You that's know, why Marvel uh, is so big these days. You know, like, uh, you know, what happened to Kennedy, right? <laughs> Mutants. Yes. Exactly. 
Oh, I I, I go with the zombie theory, but that's fine. <laughs> magic, the magic bullet. I see it on TV at night all the time. One, two, three. It's a chopper. <laughs> anyway, that's not the point. That's fine. Uh, so, um, I'm off the call. By the way, keep going. Just okay. Uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Little prick so, kid. <laughs> Let's get Everybody, uh, so the kid suggests that it's because um, somebody among the neighbors is actually an alien who's been living among them for a while and observing them to see find their weaknesses so they can take over. And all, like Chris said, it's a little strange. The neighbors just like laugh at it for a minute and then it's there's like a beat where just everybody kind of looks around like, well, we can't really think of anything else, so maybe he's right. And just the paranoia starts kicking in. And the thing that I think is interesting about this is that it aired kind of um, beginning in the Cold War, that kind of uh, historical era. So it's based in some, you know, pretty strong reality for people at the time. What was great? Um, what was great about it is the fact that he, everybody, came up with real possibilities of why things went wrong solar yeah. flares uh an electro disturbance and then kid comes out and goes no <laughs> aliens not just a single they that whole yes they're they're a family they've integrated themselves into our culture they're just hiding waiting to take us off. really <laughs> it's it's occam's razor you know the easiest solution Right. Is is probably the right one. <laughs> and <laughs> aliens. <laughs> I mean, and if a kid comes up with it, well, then clearly that has to be the easiest solution uh, to the issue. Now, I, now it's completely clear to me. <laughs> Wisdom from the mouths of babes, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody just gets pitched into hysteria. So a guy, one of the neighbor's cars starts up all by itself. And so everybody thinks that guy is the alien. And then, and because then he and, has and, his insomnia. <laughs> Yeah, Poor he, dude. And, and, he's been seen staring keep, at the sky. Keep in mind, you know, this was before they had keyless start. So, yes. I mean, yeah. there was no remote starter. He was like he was yeah. from the future. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been a good episode. Installed a remote start in a 57 Chevy. That, would be cool. that kid was all wrong. It was the future. It was a future guy. It was a time traveler. It was, uh, it was Doc Brown. There you go. I got to say about that about that point. One of the things I really liked about this episode was, like, this was their their whole believing in the alien scenario was really just a catalyst where you just started to notice that th people had suspected, had been like oddly suspicious of other people in the neighborhood the whole time. Like everyone's like, you know, that guy who lives in that house, he's always been a little odd, and he just showed up, and we never really, you don't really see him around, or. Uh, Oh, what was the other one? Um, Make, the, building like the, a radio the, in his basement. Like, yeah, building we've a radio never in his seen basement. it. Yeah, I've never seen that radio. What are you really up to? Or like the, the the woman that was like you know not necessarily spying on the guy, but she had noticed that he goes out and stares up at this guy, and she always thought that was a little weird. So it was like there was already just these these kinds of seeds of mistrust, and all it took was this strange situation to bring that out. And um, I don't know. I, I thought that was uh, when when we watched this episode. This is the first. A Twilight Zone episode I can, I've, can say that I've seen in total in any sort of recent memory and hmm. as soon as we were done watching the episode I turned to Kara and was just like shit they had this shit figured out in the 60s <laughs> like, this is yep. like this was just completely 
so relevant to modern, like, what's going on in, in this country at this moment. And, like, here it is, just spelled out for you, like, this, you see this? This is how the bad guys win. This is literally how the bad guys win. We are showing it to you on TV in the freaking 60s. It was ahead uh, of its time. It, it clearly. And uh, we've clearly come so far. <laughs> Hey, sorry to interrupt. Go. That's uh, fine. That's what this show's for. Um, yeah, you know, it gets. Go ahead, Brandon. So, no, no, no. I was, I was just gonna say. You know, there's, there. I mean, throughout the series, there's, a, there's a lot of that stuff. You know, and and uh, Rod Serling, he, he talked about not, not, not necessarily being overt with the, the social commentary, right? But uh, you know, it's, it's, it's in there. It's the, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> is that, a, is that a saying? It should be. Yes, it is. It, it is. It's it actually is. pudding. But that's fine. <laughs> oh, right with the uh, with the apostrophe yes, at the end. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the proof is in the, the put in apostrophe, and so so to speak, you know, like it's in the writing. It's it's in the way the everything is blocked and how, how the scripts are written. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Chris is right. Like, it's there. The sixties. They they already they already knew. It. <laughs> they already knew it. They already knew how the terrorists win. Yeah. Day, day the year stood still. I mean, all that stuff is true. That that was prime time. Yeah, it it just shows you there there really are no new stories. <laughs> That's very true. Very, very true. But yeah, it gets pretty scary. You know, guy gets shot, like I said at the beginning, a man is dead in the street. <laughs> like it gets it, it's a little over the top, but it is a little fine. <laughs> but you know, again, the whole thing with the the good guy with a gun. Like that was that again. Like here's a here's a guy with a gun, thinks he's doing the right thing, just takes a shot in the dark, turns out he killed one of his neighbors. Like, again, this is happening <laughs> now, right this, now. This is the problem. It was a shotgun, and that guy was a good half a block away. I don't think he would have gotten him in one shot. I think he was scared to death. <laughs> eh, he was old. <laughs> exactly. He was old. He was probably hitting the sauce a little bit before he headed out to go check on the town. Yeah. He, he, maybe he just, he just died. Maybe he died of a broken heart. Oh. oh. He shot at me. It was me. my neighbors shot at me. Twas, <laughs> twas beauty killed Steve from across the street. <laughs> it was Pete Van Horn. That's that's correct, Pete Van Horn. <laughs> I just thought that was a great name. That's the only reason. It's I do like the brain. way that Pete was the only loner on the street. Everybody else had family, wives, kids, and he was just there building shit. He's like, I'll go. I'm out. <laughs> I'm getting I stuck with you guys. <laughs> I'm expendable. I know this is shot in black and white, but my shirt is red. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, and then you find out at the end of the episode in classic Twilight Zone fashion that it actually was the aliens who made all the power stop working, and uh, they just did it to uh, incite this whole incident to get the neighborhood to destroy itself, and they're going to do this all over the world, and they'll take over Earth, and and the kid turned out to be right. So all you people who were like, oh, that fucking kid, he was fucking right. And yeah. Or he's one of the aliens. Mm-hmm. Could, could uh. also be that. Could be both. And, may, and, and maybe the comic book was, was really a how-to guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like the to way they- To serve man. <laughs> I like the way they classified how we know- they are aliens by those weird antenna things coming off their yeah, ear. They look like just <laughs> like a, like early Bluetooth headset. <laughs> but I think uh, why that that's one of the reasons the show is so timeless is that like we're saying all this stuff that was 
in a silly TV show in the 60s is totally stuff that's happening today. And they managed to do it without, like, idiots on Facebook starting arguments with each other. Like, that's basically the equivalent of what this episode is. Right. It's just people yelling half nonsense based off of a, a headline that they read and they didn't even click the article. You know, that that's what we're dealing with in this episode. <laughs> Yeah. So I th- guess this episode is missing Snopes, essentially. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Had there been a Snopes back in the day, none of this could have Pete none of Van this Horn would be alive to this day and he'd be 150. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Van Horn. <laughs> it's actually the kid went on to invent Snopes. That, that kid is <laughs> to the prevent it from ever happening again. It's in the mission statement. <laughs> the other thing. During this episode, the 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 chubby neighbor, the guy with the gun, um, <laughs> yes. The whole time I'm watching this, oh God. I I know his voice, and I can hear him yelling at somebody in in my head, and I cannot place it. And I'm I'm just I'm just going and going and going, and finally to like maybe three quarters of the way through the episode, I piece it together. That guy was Oscar in Short Circuit too. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. Mind. Balloon. The whole I just I I didn't recognize his face, but I knew that voice. Just the way he slurred his speech, because I fucking love Short Circuit 2. I watched the crap out of that movie. I love it to death. One of the few instances I think of a sequel being genuinely better than the original. Not that I don't love Short Circuit. Short Circuit 2 is fucking amazing. Love that movie. And Los Oscar locos kick your face. <laughs> Los locos kick your balls into, into outer, outer space. space. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, so I, what, what, one thing that I did <laughs> notice, because I watched this one first, that I didn't remember Twilight Zone being so dark. Not not in visual. I mean, like, this is a rough, rough topic to be discussing. Like, the, the paranoia and... and all of these people turning on those. That, that is a dark topic to cover in, what, 25 minutes? I just remember, for some reason, being slightly lighter. Well, having not seen many Twilight Zone episodes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it does It does seem like a, an, a, a bit of an oddity to, you know, usually a shorter show is a funnier show and a longer show is a more serious show. So it, it does... but. I don't know. I'm not super familiar with all the TV of that time. Maybe things were different then. I don't think there was well, much longer TV back then. Well, like, I mean, I you had longer. you know, like I Love Lucy and stuff like that too back mm. then. And that shit was uh, funny. Sorry, that that was dark. <laughs> I mean, they, they, had, they had to they had to sleep in different beds, guys. <laughs> like this is like the 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 dark ages of television. That, that chocolate factory that episode that was all dark chocolate. Oh that's right. boy, that's right. Nailed it. Trivia. That hurt me. Know. That actually hurt me, my <laughs> chest. <laughs> Oof. Ow. Ethel was on antidepressants the whole time. <laughs> Fred got checked into an institution. It was it was bad times. That's right. They, uh, suicidal Tendencies wrote a song about him. Okay. Moving on. It's a, institutionalized. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, uh, you know the, there are a lot of dark Twilight Zone episodes, but uh, you know there are there are a lot of lighthearted ones too. And uh, you know, I think I think the second one we're talking about, I I don't know, I think that's a lighter episode, but it's um, it's not as dreary. Okay, right. I mean, like no one. Well, that's not true. All right, we're just let's let's talk about the next one. It is uh, season no. three, episode five. 
a game of pool. Um, I chose this one because this was one of my all-time favorite episodes because I spent a lot of my youth in a pool hall. I used to manage a pool hall, and 24 hours a day I was in this joint playing the game, and the characters from this 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 episode I've seen like in not not those types of people I've seen in real life. That guy Jesse, the character Jesse, always feeling like he needs to prove himself just for himself, not necessarily for anybody else, but that he needs to prove that he is the best. And there's always, always a fats in every pool hall, someone that everybody has to beat. Um, the way this episode starts off is uh, Jack Klugman, one of my favorites, a young, young, young Jack Klugman, uh, plays a character by the name of Jesse Cardiff. He is a pool player, and he is in a pool hall, seemingly all by himself, just suffering over the fact that he feels he is the best, but he will never prove that to anyone else because a man by the name of James Howard Fats Brown, played by Jonathan Winters, the late great, the late great. I tried to explain this to someone, and I couldn't remember Jonathan Winters' name, and it was a someone older than me, and I'm like, um, the guy who played the son from Mork and Mindy, <laughs> like Jonathan Winters. I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh, he plays Jonathan Winter plays Fats Brown. Um, obviously a takeoff of Minnesota Fats, who was a phenomenal pool player. Blah blah blah. Jesse, it, it, there's no way he can actually beat Fats because Fats is dead. Um, you know, Jesse just spends the entire time talking to himself, saying that he could have been something and what he would give to just have one game against this guy. And I guess the phrase I would give anything to to play him that strikes up something in, in wherever the afterlife is and... The PA comes on and says, Mr. Fats, please report to. And and Fats shows up at the at the pool hall. Now, Jesse doesn't really believe it because he's supposed to be dead. Um, but eventually Fats and, and Jesse play for the highest stakes that there possibly could be. It's a life and death game. Now. I've played a lot of pool, and a run to 300 is one of my favorite because anybody can win or lose on the on, on any break. It's a, It turns very fast, and the way this game starts off, for every pool ball sunk, they get a point. They are playing to the whoever reaches 300 first. Have you ever played pool to the death? No. Hmm. No. That's just dangerous. I, I... I have. Okay. I'm assuming yeah. you won. Did did, did you, you win? win? <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's the twist. <laughs> what a twist. Oh. <laughs> wow. This week's episode of this week's episode directed by M Night Shamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> um, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. The the game progresses. Jesse takes a strong lead in the very beginning, but as Fat says, it's still early. Anybody can win. And they, they, they go back and forth, and, and it seems that, that Fats is trying to instill some sort of knowledge to this guy, and this guy just doesn't want to hear it. I'm the best. Anything you anything that you're trying to sell me is just, just get, trying to get into my head so I lose the game. And you could, I feel that you could see that 
Fats is genuinely trying to say, listen, you're, you're putting too much into this game. That's all it is. It's just a game, and you have to remember that. You have to go live your life and experience things, not waste it away in this pool hall. And Jesse says, go scratch. They continue. Um, eventually, of course, it gets to 299 to 299. Actually, even better, <laughs> it's 299 to 296. Jesse has to get one shot, one ball in. And Fats needs four, and there are four balls left on the table. Jesse takes a shot and misses. Fats proceeds to run the four balls out, except for the last one, and he lays it up, meaning he just purposefully hits the ball, so the ball just hangs there in the pocket. Gives Jesse the final chance to say, you know what, you're right, this is just a game, (laughs) Doesn't change his mind. He sinks the ball. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. And Fats vanishes with this giant smile on his face because the the stakes were not just life and death. The, 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 the theory of the episode is that a champion of any sport has a higher responsibility, and that is to keep their name and their, their memory alive. So that's why he showed up. To, to, to keep his memory alive, and he didn't want to do it anymore. He wanted out. He didn't want to be the champ anymore because he has been stuck in this limbo doing this over and over and over again, and now Jesse has taken his place. And the episode ends with Jesse sitting in the area with the mystical, magical <laughs> pool table and his name being called over the PA system to and, report. And so so tired-looking. So exhausted. <laughs> I mean... It's like I've seen that look on people's faces. <laughs> I really have. This is one of my all-time favorite episodes. It, it's it, it's so simple, and like so many important things are said that really a lot of times just get looked past. I mean, Jonathan Winter. I do, I don't remember Jonathan Winters being a dramatic actor. My memory no. of him is funny, like not even funny, like slapsticky, silly, and. Is it- yeah, yeah, that, that that that's a good point right there because uh, uh, he was up until this episode, you know, he was never known as, as a dramatic actor, right? He was he was always typecast as a comedian, so uh, so he kind of uh, jumped at the chance when when Rod Serling was like, "Hey, I've got something for you." He did it a I'll phenomenal it. job too. He knocked it out of the park. And Jack Klugman, I mean, he has yes, he's probably best known for his you know what's the the Odd Couple, yes. but he played everything very straight. And he did a really good job at this, showing like the want and the need for him to be something more than he is. And it was all in his head. It's really all it was. So, one of my all-time uh, favorites. Good episode. So good, good episode. So lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. And exactly like my point. Like every like I felt sad at the end of this episode. I'm like, oh, poor guy. <laughs> I didn't even feel that bad for what's his name that got shot with a shotgun. <laughs> that's just well mean. <laughs> i mean i mean that guy was walking in the dark he shouldn't have been he shouldn't he should have had a flashlight or a lantern perhaps yeah you saw lantern. what he was wearing he was asking for it <laughs> yeah he had that hammer in the hammer loop of his pants that's that's what that loop is for <laughs> the hammer but this, I, is a, this is a good example of one that is still like it's it's pretty deep and it's got a lot of meaning behind it but it doesn't have the broader social context of it it's more of a more of a i guess kind of a personal story personal right right it's Mm. definitely more on a personal level than the social commentary of the other i mean it's just about a guy a guy who you know has wasted his life away trying to prove something to just himself 
So. Which shows you the versatility of uh, Serling's storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what a guy. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, uh, the originally, I guess, the the original story had a different ending. And the, the ending was actually where uh, Fats wins. Um, and he c- c- continues on. Um, so I, That wouldn't have hit that, just as hard, though. No, no, it, it wouldn't have. But uh, it, in that in that version of the story, he doesn't. It's not life or death. Fats is like, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I know I just won, and that bet was life or death. But you know, you you keep living your life, and you keep you know, you keep getting better at whatever you want to do, and just live your life. You know, um, so so it was a little, I would say, a little bit more uplifting uh, if we went on that version of the story uh, because. <laughs> Because Jack Klugman wouldn't be like head down <laughs> on the pool table at the very end, being like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> definitely a beaten man at the end, definitely." <laughs> All right, um, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, when, right. we, when we come back, we're gonna hopefully fully explain how deep the Twilight Zone goes into everyone's lives. How deep is your love? No, it's, it's BG. Sorry. Boo. Stay tuned. <laughs> Wrestling and Killer Robots. These two behemoths of the pop culture collective have gone hand-in-hand for decades. Nigh. Millennia. Nigh. Best a few years. Uh, Some of my favorite memories include a a cup of hot cocoa gathered with the family around a warm fire and watching robots beat the living hell out of Rowdy Roddy Piper. But you know what? You know what's always been missing? A video game connection, clearly. Fredo from the Tiger Driver 91 podcast clearly feels the same way. And, as part of Geek Aid's Mega Man Month, he's teamed up Mega Man Robot Masters with real-life professional wrestlers for the ultimate tag team pairs. Head on over to the Think Tank and check out World's Lockup. Heck, what? Mega Man? X Pro Wrestling. Outstanding. With Mega Man Month in full swing, there's been a lot of pointing out how awesome Mega Man is. But did you know that Mega Man hasn't always been quite so mega? In fact, there have been some flat-out terrible incarnations of the Blue Bomber. Some of them weren't even blue! Do you want to know what Robot Masters would look like if they were drawn by kindergartners? How about if Mega Man was a big fat guy with a gun? Or perhaps a member of the Lollipop Guild? Check out Not So Mega Man over in the Think Tank and see some terrible things that you can never unsee. The Stone Age Gamer Podcast was joined by this week's episode's Evan Goldstein once again to follow up with him on his recent video game purchase. But what of the future? What does a man who barely plays video games care about Metroid being flipped 90 degrees? The Oculus Rift's crazy price tag and how well the Windows 95 runs on a 3DS? Well, there's only one place on the entire internet to find out. And that is the Stone Age Gamer Podcast, episode 82. No more than four Happy Meals for the Oculus Rift. Apathetic enthusiasm is all new this week with a discussion everyone should hear. It's a topic that some may feel too ashamed to talk openly about, an issue that's plagued the youth of this country for decades and is only now starting to see the light of conversation. I'm talking, of course, about licensed video games. Grab your children and let Brandon and Travis lay out the facts for them. 
Then stick around for some lighter fare, dealing with Rick and Morty's new game and Big Trouble in Little China. Don't miss a very special episode of Apathetic Enthusiasm, Rick Trouble in Pocket Morty's. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thanks for checking out the commercials. Uh, so let's let's see how far in we can get we can get the Twilight Zone into our lives. Brandon, it is apparent Hello. that you know much about the, the the zone. Chris, on the other hand, probably not so much. So Chris, Brandon, you. let's hear what yes. you got for us. <laughs> it was it was the summer of fifty nine. Da, na, 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 na. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, Adams up in here. There we go. There we go. I got my first real TZ. Oh. Bought it at the five and done. Okay. So hey, hey Chris. Yo. What do you know what do you, what do you know of the Twilight Zone? Alright, so most of what I know about the Twilight Zone is is references in other materials like obviously yeah. looney tunes is a big one and that was something i wanted to mention about the the episode that karen and i watched was watching that mob angry mob mentality kind of prop up that that was reminded me a lot of watching the simpsons which i can just about guarantee that's a big part of where a lot of those people got that angry mob mentality where just the smallest thing <laughs> up an angry mob waving their pitch, pitchforks and whatnot, which is hilarious. But, you know, old episodes of uh, Looney Tunes uh, were obviously nods to Twilight Zone episodes. Uh, the Henry Bemis thing was has been done in Looney Tunes. The, you know, what's the, the there's a thing on the plane, the wing of the plane or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a great episode of Looney Tunes. I've never <laughs> actually seen that episode of Twilight Zone. I think that's from the movie. No, no, it's it, both. It's, it, it's in. It's both. Yeah, it's both. Oh. Okay. It was. It was Shatner, Lithgow, right? But... Yeah, yeah original Shatner it. episode. Yeah. And then Lithgow. Yeah, Lithgow. Yeah. Look, it's fantastic. Look at me. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Evan. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> more just just it permeating all that kind of stuff was my basic knowledge of the twilight zone i don't have anybody in my family who's like really big fans i don't really have uh, any close friends who are super huge fans that watch the marathons or anything so yeah um really just kind of knowing about it my first major introduction to it was um at cherry stone cherry stone campground in virginia where my family had vacationed uh i got to see the twilight zone pinball game which, uh, now, I've always liked pinball. I'm a video game nut. I love arcades. I love arcade everything. And I've always thought pinball machines were really cool. But this machine in particular absolutely blew my mind. And it wasn't, it wasn't just because of the Twilight Zone references, because I didn't necessarily get them. It was the fact yeah. that this machine was incredible in every single way. And I later found out in life that it was... It was um, a famous pinball designer's like swan song. They gave him complete free reign to design whatever the hell he wanted. And he just went bug nuts insane. It's got a functioning analog clock that uh, times different events in the games and can also be set to be like when it's defaults to the actual real time. It's got uh, uses these magnetic uh, spots where the ball will go over and you hit the flippers and it'll create a magnetic charge and pull the ball towards them when you're fighting the power and it's got this amazing rendition of the twilight zone by gold nearing blasting while you're playing it. And the sound in this game is absolutely astonishing. It's, I was just telling everybody during the break that I was listening to, um, 
there's a YouTube video of somebody just playing the game, like they have the arcade game at home, and they just played the sounds from the soundboard. And even just listening to that, I, it was so exciting to listen to because the sounds are, they, they do this amazing, amazingly loud and intense sound effects to go along with all these different Twilight Zone episode references that are all over the board and whatnot, specifically this stuff with the door and, and the little robot and the little doll. And it, it's all just absolutely incredible. And it's one of the most legendary pinball machines ever. And it was my first real introduction to the Twilight Zone and mm -hmm. to actual mythology of the Twilight Zone instead of just references. Because I'm looking at it and like, okay, there's something to do with hitchhikers and there's something to do with a door and... I, I, I now know some things about specific episodes because of that machine. Yeah. Um, and then later, uh, I just you know, things like music videos, like there was a, a huge Fountains of Wayne fan, and uh, their first music video was for Radiation Vibe, and that whole video is themed around Twilight Zone. It's extremely 90s, uh, going <laughs> back and looking at it now, but I remember thinking it was the coolest thing in the world when I was a kid. And, and obviously, Twilight Zone by Golden Earring after finding out after playing that game, that pinball game so much, I went back and, and found out that that was a real song. And then I went and listened to that real song, which is really freaking good. That's yeah. it's a great not, song. Not for nothing. That pinball machine is stunning. It is a beautifully really is. done machine. It's, it is abs legitimately incredible. It is. And it's really fun to play. Like even for people who are like, don't care about the twilight zone or pinball or just casual people. It's really fun. Yeah, and I can imagine if I was, because just being a pinball fan, playing that game for the first time melted my brain, uh, just absolutely blew me up, <laughs> and uh, if I was also a big Twilight Zone fan, because I always thought it was neat, and just never really watched it, but I could only imagine being a Twilight Zone fan and coming across that machine and seeing all those those references, like, you know, you hit the ball into a certain spot and, you know, uh, this little piano tune plays and it's from an episode or you mm -hmm. hit it behind the bumpers and you pick up a hitchhiker, which is from an episode. And there called were the hitchhiker. <laughs> called the hitchhiker. Yes. <laughs> wow. I, was, I think there was I read earlier today that there were two pieces of it that weren't actually from episodes. Yes. The, uh, the power and uh, the gumball machine. Yes, which is really interesting because they're like major things in in the game. Uh, the power in specific was what I was talking about, where you hit the flippers and the magnets pulled the the metal balls. You could also get a power ball that the the the, the power would say, "I want it back." The power ball was made of ceramic, so it f flies across the table twice as fast. It's so much lighter than a steel ball, and it just changes the whole physics of the game while you're playing it. It's I had never seen I've never seen anything like it before or since. It is just an astonishing pinball machine, and uh, a great introduction to the Twilight Zone. Nice. I I, I have not played the the pinball machine. Uh, I I can't tell you the last time I played it. Probably when arcades were still a thing, in my <laughs> in my hometown. Uh, so mid mid nineties mid nineties. Uh, but yeah, like like I I loved it. I mean, being a Twilight Zone fan, that was whenever I saw it, I was like. You know, okay, I'm not gonna play X Men Arcade again. Uh, I'll go. I'll go play Twilight Zone <laughs> again. Uh, but uh, what's 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 cool? And we, you're, you're just spreading. You're you're spraying love <laughs> at that this this machine. Uh, spraying love. And uh, so on the pinball machine internet database or something like that, or internet pinball machine database, it's mm -hmm. that machine is actually rated number one. It's number one of all pinball machines. Is it? Is I I. I heard that it is the most wanted. Is it actually the most 
played like like highest rated type of thing like is oh, it yeah. so it is, few it ex- it's it's extremely the, the the trouble with the machine was that it's it's extraordinarily complex uh, especially for the time that it was released so finding one of these in good repair it has has driven the value of the machine up because first off it was an expensive machine to begin with but because of their because of all the moving parts and whatnot, and because they have to be so very specific, especially there's a um, a trap that uh, like a little trap door that catches the ball and then drops it down. You you hit the ball up into this ramp, and it'll get caught by a little door thing that'll then drop it down to the next level unless you go past it and gets you to the the fight the power area. That trap door tends to have a lot of uh, mechanical problems in it um, because of the just. Abs- crazy in, in intricacy of this machine keeping it in repair is a difficult task but gotcha. you don't see this machine being sold quite as much because a lot of people really don't want to get rid of it um, it's one of the things that are arcades if they still have this machine they usually won't let it go unless they're like there was a, um, a, a boardwalk um Ocean City Boardwalk, there was an arcade there that had one of these machines that sold it because they were getting kind of out of that general vicinity and more into some of the more modern arcade traps of like a, a, a boardwalk arcade. Mm-hmm. But uh, Yestercades, another example, if, uh, if you go to Yestercades, which is this amazing arcade in uh, Red Bank, New Jersey, um, they have just, yeah. just a giant wall of pinball machines and they, they switch them out an awful lot. Like they have a whole lot of different machines. Twilight Zone is always on is always on and it's always there because that machine always has somebody playing it. Because nice. it just it just attracts attention because not only is it Twilight Zone, like I said, it's it's so permeated in pop culture. It's something everybody knows at least the name of. You know, even now it's just it's something that everybody knows something about it. It has this inherent coolness to it. But if the volume is on in that machine and somebody's playing it, it is undeniable the sounds that this thing makes. Like, it is so incredibly loud. Like, the machine <laughs> is just, it just shakes everything around it as far as pure, unbelievable sound goes. And it's like, do, watch do you have somebody. Do you have an impression of, a, of what someone sounds? I, I, just, I wish I did. I, I couldn't even pretend. Just, just go. Just go. Just, 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 give us I don't want to wake up my son. But if you just if you see a video of somebody getting a jackpot in this game, like there's um a, a thing that you can go through that'll make uh, the door show up, and it's got yeah. this little screen on the back of it. And if you get the right bonuses, that door will blow up. And like you'll have this robot yelling, don't touch the door, don't touch the door, don't touch the door. And it blows up to this insanely loud explosion noise. <laughs> and then if you get a bonus in that, the jackpot goes off. And it is just, it is so loud and so intense, but so invigorating. Like I have never had this kind of fun playing a pinball game before or since. It is astonishing. Can, can you, you do see an this machine? Of the explosion? <laughs> <laughs> thank you yes nailed it thank you that's all I, that's all i needed from this episode and thanks for tuning in <laughs> see the one thing i like about twilight zone is the fact that every well i won't say every 85 to 89 percent of television has spoofed or done it in some way shape or form the yeah. entrance the the spiral the like it's everywhere Oh yeah, where I, is that? When does that um the the classic theme start? Because we watched our episode and it didn't have the oh, classic the, the theme. The original, song. you had the original opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't so, know. So is it season two? Yeah, they 
I, I'd, have, I'd have to get the specifics. On I know that, that it had uh, it, yeah. it had it in season three, mm-hmm. like it had the I, the the opening that everyone knows the do 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 right. Because they also <laughs> changed the opening narration too. Uh, uh, right, right. Oh, geez, that was another one. That uh, that song. Uh, I'm sorry to, to interrupt just before I forget again. That song, another one of the earliest instances I heard of that song, and I don't even know where I knew it from before that. I knew it was the Twilight Zone theme. But when you beat Haunted House for Atari 2600, <laughs> it plays that song. And I, I remember, I think I, I just asked my parents what that was because I think I, I had beaten it for the first time and my dad was near me when I did it and he like snickered or something and I asked why. And he said, oh, that's the Twilight Zone theme. And that was another really early <laughs> reference to it. And I don't even think it's licensed by <laughs> at all. I think they just put it in there because... You know, that's just the way that shit went. <laughs> Not sure why your dad threw Snickers at you, but that's kind of messed up. <laughs> he knew I liked uh, him. You know, it's the way they rolled back in the day. <laughs> it's the way he showed he loved me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you, we, we talk about you know just Twilight Zone being referenced in other shows, right? I mean, all this we for Geek Aids Halloween month, right? We mm. there was an article on all the Treehouse of Horrors, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And and for the first. I would say for the first six or so seasons of uh, the that they had the Treehouse of Horror, they had a Twilight Zone spoof on each one of those. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, like the you you've seen the the one where the Gremlins on the side of the bus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, Twilight Zone, right the, there. The the how, I don't want to call it impersonation, but that's the best way that you could say it is of, of Rod Serling that shows up everywhere. You know, that guy just standing there in the suit, talking mm-hmm. to the camera. Like, that's that, it com- that comes from the Twilight Zone. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> extremely iconic. <laughs> yeah, which is why, like, when, when they have, like, in, when they had the reboots, right? And, like, with Forrest Whitaker in, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. You know, it's, just, it's just not the same. Because Rod Serling had this, this presence about him that you're like, this guy, this, this guy's a beast. Like he is—he's intelligent. He's smart. He's well spoken, and you want to listen to what he has to say. And there was also something very, like, simultaneously disarming and unnerving about the way he spoke. Like there was always just this this air of mystery about the way he talks. And and even just from watching that one episode with Karen earlier, you can—it was just amazing to 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 listen to him narrate this thing. Like there was just a very mysterious air about the way he spoke. I, it's very unique. And that man could hold a cigarette like nobody's business. <laughs> like when that, uh, when, when the, the, the pool episode started and I see, and he's standing there and he's got, <laughs> he's got one hand on the pool table and I'm like, Oh, there's a That's right. He was a smoker. Uh, huh. <clears throat> it was, it, it's amazing. No other show has permeated the the lexicon like the Twilight Zone has. It's it's shows up in movie plots that have been taken directly from Twilight Zone episodes. It shows up in the spoofs, uh, video games. Uh, it's everywhere. It's no other show has done it since. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm hard pressed to to find a good example of, of one that has done that as well. Well, uh, now here's here's a general question, I guess. Um, uh, how does shoot, the shoot? What is the relationship, <laughs> if the if any, and 
what's the comparison between Twilight Zone and Outer Limits? Because Outer Limits is something else I don't have much experience with at all. And I know it's nowhere near like the, the popularity of Twilight Zone, but I, I've cut, at least my understanding is that they're somewhat similar shows. What's the, what, what, what is the comparison there? So I was never a huge Outer Limits fan, um, except for the reboot that was on Showtime back in like the mid nineties or so. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, from what I gather from the Outer Limits, my limited knowledge is it, it was a little bit more sci-fi-ish, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. Twilight Zone touches on, on twi- uh, sci-fi themes. Uh, you know, there, of course there were spaceship episodes and alien episodes and obviously uh, monsters are doing Maple Street. Uh, but Outer Limits kind of, they, that they always lean towards the they let lean more towards that sci-fi angle right the, like, the easiest the the description when you put in twilight zone versus the outer limits the series is often compared to the twilight zone but with a greater emphasis on science fiction stories rather than stories just dealing with fantasy or supernatural matters the outer limits right. is an anthology self-contained episode sometimes with a plot twist at the end yeah, and that's I, and I wrote that description. And, oh, sorry, there it is, right there. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just I just didn't have it in front of me. You know, I don't have it memorized. So, uh, but yeah, there you go. That's that's what I remember. The Outer Limits, everything being sci-fi based, and still having that same feel. Like you can definitely see that it was an homage, if you will. It 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 dealt with whatever topics they were talking about in the same style. It's just diff- it was just talking about slightly different topics. Yeah, and, and there were there were a bunch of anthology shows back back in that time frame. You know, uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents and stuff like that, which was more of the the thriller, murder mystery types type episodes. Right, right, right. So outside of now, this is a question for you, Brandon. Outside of sure. the show, what kind of experiences have you had with the Twilight Zone? Uh, <laughs> like we see that 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 Chris. Chris's limited experience is with something that it has hit with him very powerfully. If you, <laughs> I don't know if you could tell, he was very excited about the explosions in the video game. <laughs> and I don't want to underplay, like, all joking aside, I don't want to underplay the, the uh, Twilight Zone Fountains of Wayne video. Like, <laughs> I know it's silly as hell, but like, I absolutely love like, It's one of my all-time favorite songs, and that video was the first time I ever, watching that video was the first time I ever heard that song, and it's still one of my favorite songs to this day like that song means the world to me and i i it will always link to twilight zone in my brain because of that video we can, should can uh, give, <laughs> don't do it please can, can you give me throw a link to that uh in the show notes <laughs> yes oh, I, oh yeah I, I, there's there's totally a link in there to that <laughs> please brandon i'm asking you don't repeat yourself just, just <laughs> answer my, answer my goddamn <laughs> question we're, we're choosing to blow right past that <laughs> we're gonna choose to blow right past it uh, uh yeah i, I mentioned i mentioned the thing about uh, the episode of the dummy um but uh you know just it, the twilight zone it reminds me of my, my dad and, and my uh, my dad's not gone. He's he's still he's still around. Somewhere. He's actually right there beside you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> shut up, Brandon. You know? uh, but is he but, throwing you know, Snickers at you? Then he doesn't. No, no, then no. he doesn't love you. <laughs> my dad knows better than to throw Snickers. It's Skittles or bust. <laughs> uh, but no, like like Twilight Zone and my dad, they they go hand in hand. Sometimes to the supermarket, other times, <laughs> like I always watch. I always watch the show with him every every New Year's Eve, and 
and we you know that's that's like that was our bond that that is our one of our bonds um just you know, being able to like recite the, the episodes to each other or like talk about like oh what about the one where the, the guy gets a stopwatch and he's, and he's some kind of stopwatch <laughs> and he freezes time and then the spoiler alert the stopwatch breaks and then he's stuck in, in timelessness oh. um, you know and it, it's something like i great with my my older brother as well his favorite episode is, is the invaders um which is a great episode there's no dialogue whatsoever until like the very end uh, where spoilers, you find out it's the U.S. government. Uh, government <laughs> bastards. So so great, so great. And, and what's really cool is this last New Year's Eve, doing that they went. Uh, Sci-Fi did the uh, first episode all the way to the last episode, and my son. All five seasons. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. S- straight through. Um, Somehow well, actually, in twenty-four hours. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't straight through. They paused for about two hours for wrestling. So, <laughs> so, Thank you, so good sci-fi. job, Sci-Fi. Really, <laughs> for for taking care of your wrestling demographic. Um, but uh, I really <laughs> want to know that Rod came on and said we will be pausing now for <laughs> WWE. <laughs> Let's get ready to surling. Um. Yeah, so my son, who's only he just turned four, um, like he sat there and he watched the Twilight Zone with me, like <laughs> he, he doesn't know his his butt from a hole in the ground right now, but he's like enthralled by by Rod Serling and, and the the stuff on screen. <laughs> and this is a kid who's like he's like uh, I don't want to watch uh, Avengers, Dad. That's stupid. Get out of here. <laughs> but give me some of that Serling, yo. <laughs> or Mr. Science Theater two thousand. <laughs> that's that's a beautiful thing right there. That is a beautiful He's thing. He's into MST? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I, I was super surprised he, he <laughs> sat there and watched it. <laughs> My kid's two, so he doesn't do a lot of watching of stuff, but uh, I have shown him some MST before, and he's into it when the puppets are on, and then when the movies start, he usually kind of wanders off. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the first show I ever showed my kid, uh, and we watched it together, was uh, he was... He was he wasn't one yet and we watched The Wire together. <laughs> <laughs> Parenting done correctly. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely mean, I definitely showed our kids some Doctor Who when he was under a year old. Oh yeah, when John was uh, an infant, he we would watch Sons of Anarchy together. <laughs> he didn't know, you know. Uh, oh, so we hope. <laughs> it's good storytelling. <laughs> it's great. It, he liked the motorcycle sounds, I think. Maybe that's why he's so into cars now. <laughs> I don't know. He's not really into boats, and he also was with me when I was playing uh, Wind Waker HD, so uh, who knows? Who knows what sticks? <laughs> Kids. All right, Brandon, I'm putting it, I'm yes. putting it out here. I'm, I'm straight up asking you, what is your favorite episode of Twilight Zone? <laughs> that's me vomiting. Um <laughs> I know you yeah, have to be fair, seeing as you, you you're going to be talking about all of them on your show, but we're not on your show. We're on my show, <laughs> <laughs> and I need you to put uh, it yeah. out there. <laughs> you're right. My my favorite my favorite Click. episode. <laughs> <laughs> the number talk, have, Evan. Yeah, the number you've dialed. It's a Skype. You're not dialing a number. Um, the screen name you've dialed. I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that really probably the. The Invaders is, is probably my best, my favorite episode. And and maybe that's because my older brother will 
will punch me if I say otherwise. Because <laughs> um, he's still he's still older. He'll always be stronger than me. Um, but no, it, it's such it's such a good it's such a good episode just because the entirety of it is just it's just a woman, an old woman in a cabin, and uh, she hears she hears like you know the the theremin noises of. And something lands on on the roof. Well, eventually, <laughs> she finds that there's these little robots. They kind of look like Robbie the robot, uh, and and they're attacking her. And she, they're like, they look like little toys, right? These these robots. Um, and so she's just like fighting them off, fighting them off. Um, and then eventually, at the end, she goes up onto the roof and she sees the the flying saucer that that these guys are in, and she just starts to. St- destroying it with an axe she's like god she's just like beating the beating the holy heck out of it um and uh as as she's sitting there and, and the the flying saucer is smoking you just hear the, this audio and it's it's a guy he's calling back to uh the base right he's like D- don't 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 come to the planet a giant race of aliens <laughs> they're too powerful too strong do not show up and uh, and the lady's like, wow, this is this is what this sucks. <laughs> I don't understand what they're saying. It could be important. She doesn't say that. She doesn't say it. <laughs> uh, but but I like it's the the way it's blocked and and, and everything about it is just you know it, it's a pretty solid episode. Oh, do I have time? Do I have time for another one? Go ahead. <laughs> do I have time? Yeah. Do I have time? Let me look at my watch. Do I have time? I can edit uh, this out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the second episode. I, I say I said the invaders first, but uh, you're, you're uh, just kidding. That's that's because I was under duress by my older brother, who will never listen to this. So so f him. Uh, Brandon's older brother, big fan of the show. Ten out of ten. Tim, 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 stay stay back, stay back, mother trucker. Uh, so the episode that I always go to is uh, Eye of the Beholder. Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Which, uh, which is another great one because the entire episode, it's you know the the woman she's got bandages, she just had surgery, and uh, so you, you don't so you don't see her face, and she has surgery because she doesn't want to be ugly anymore. She wants to be like everybody else. She wants to, to conform to to what is beautiful, right? And the entire episode, you, the doctors are kind of concealed in shadows, um, and they're talking about like, oh yeah, she's 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 a uh, totally ugly. So it's like a brick. Ew! <laughs> like she, she's not mighty mighty, but I'll hang out. And so, so eventually you get to the very end of the episode, and she's they start taking off her bandages, taking fresh bandages, and they reveal her face, and she's a beautiful woman. And they're like, "No change, no change." And then it pans to the doctors, the lights turn on, and they have their pig faces. <laughs> the doctors, nurses, they're all pig faces. It turns out, ooh, big twist. Uh, she, our notion of beauty is incorrect on this alien planet. Uh, beauty yeah. is in the eye of the beholder. I see what oh. you uh, but uh, yeah, so at the very end of the episode, she runs. She runs off. She's like, "Oh no, don't kill me because I'm ugly." She's not ugly. She's she's good looking. She's actually a very very attractive woman. Yeah, uh, and uh, so she runs into the arms of an attractive man by our human standards, uh, and uh, she goes to like a camp for uh, undesirables. <laughs> she goes basically. to ugly camp. 
She basically goes to like a leper colony, I think, is, is the equivalent. Nice. That's it. So I, I would say that one. Great. I mean, Evan. It, it it's so many choice, <laughs> so many to choose from. I'm surprised you only picked two. Oh wait, do I have in front of her? No. <laughs> Chris, can you do a, a impression of me <laughs> picking a third one? <laughs> he has been waiting to do that. <laughs> watching it on mute over and over again. <laughs> so I'm going to have to grab that and I'll put that into the show a little bit clearer. <laughs> Damn. That's the jackpot sound. <laughs> <laughs> Shit is so intense. That's a solid impression, man. Damn. I, I couldn't even... That was, that's fantastic. Good job. I've been practicing. All right. Well, with that... Um, Chris, give us the yes. details. You know, you know the stuff that we talk about, about the other stuff, and how to us and and them. You are one smooth transitioner. I'm a heavy-handed segwayer. What can I tell you? I'm tired. <laughs> you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I am available at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen is available at shoot underscore the underscore moon. Evan is available at Geekade underscore Evan. And Brandon, are you on the Twitter? I I, I am. Uh, Which one are you gonna give? Uh, oh no! Do I, do I don't, give do him I both. Pick one. So I'm at Steve the Heeb, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which obviously my first name is is Steve the Heeb, and or at Apathusiast. I do have a third one. Does it? Do I do I get time? Chris, an impression of a third one. <laughs> uh, or I'm at. Uh, at S4YA Podcast. All right. Uh, if you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com, where we post something new every stinking day. Back to you, Evan. I uh, also want to mention uh, at Thwipcast, right? Twepcast. T-W-E-P-Cast. T-W-E-P-Cast. That's the specific Twitter handle for this show. Um, please check us out on all the social medias. Contact us. Let us know what you think. Do you like the Twilight Zone? If not, tell us why you're wrong. I, I mean, it's it's the basis of all television ever. <laughs> so, I mean, if you like television now, you can thank Rod back then. Brandon, we really appreciate yes, you, you taking the time out. I mean... So it's what five o'clock now? Yeah, I mean, I know I'm I'm late for drinking. Already. <laughs> right. I, we apologize for taking up your mid afternoon. <laughs> you know when they say it's five o'clock somewhere, it's five o'clock where Brandon is. That's right. Damn, we're right. a bunch of suckers for not being there. <laughs> so coming come out, guys. So once again, check. Us out at geekade.com. Check Brandon out specifically at submitted for your approval. 
and Brendan and Travis on apathetic enthusiasm. I have nothing left to say other than watch Twilight Zone. So, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I'm Chris. And I am Brandon. Good night. Okay. Test. (laughs) Are we still going? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Thanks. Thank you. Oh my god, those shoes are cute, but that has nothing to do with anything. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, are you guys doing something? I don't know if you guys can tell, but we're testing in the background, too. We're testing the backup noise. Awesome. (laughs) We do know that you're in a garage, so if that bad boy starts coming in, just let us know. Oh, God. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. There's recycling everywhere. (laughs) Sweet seven-pound baby Jesus. Oh, we played played Drinko the other day. Yes. Uh, Travis, myself, and, uh, of course, our wives. Not the kids, though, uh, because there's alcohol. Uh, which we're very responsible not, we're of already, you. We're not usually opposed to that, but this is like, hey, we have to test this out first. Um, Make sure it's safe. Um, oh, do you think uh, either of you guys are going to be able to Skype in at all for our Geekade anniversary shindig? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so you're still enlisted? Yes. Oh. Yep. Yep. How much Five longer? years to go. Five years? In the Hawaiian military, right? <laughs> yeah. The you guys awesome gonna military invade force us? that is Hawaii. I, I finally got certified on my spear. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that I record all this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And this concludes our broadcast day.